Hello, welcome to the podcast. This cool. is Erica Jardine. And this is Austin Jardine. Well, hello. Well, hello. So we are recording. We're going to we're going to use that we're going to use that introduction because it was nice. And okay. uh, this this episode. So welcome to the Vanguard Project for those of you <laughs> that are new. Um, so this is a, a, a segment of the show called uh, Musings of a Madman. And uh, over the past couple of months, you know, I've been working through this podcast and I've been interviewing a lot of different folks and learning a lot about different people's lives and how they got to where they're at and um, really sharing their stories with the goal of hopefully influencing, you know, your life, how you take action, how you, you know, find and draw inspiration to go tackle whatever it is that you're working on. Sounds super cheesy, but, you know, I've gotten some feedback from people that, you know, they're making changes or they can relate or whatever. And to me, that means the world. And one of the things that I got feedback on was um, sharing a bit more of my story, because as we continue down this rabbit hole of interviewing people and sharing stories and and hopefully making some positive changes, um, that I need to share a little bit about a little bit more about who I am and uh, where I come from. And so a big part of my journey, I guess you could say, is, uh, is tackling mental health and kind of owning that a little bit. And, um, you know, that's been a, a pretty common theme over um, several episodes is just talking about people in various lines of work, about how they've handled either job changes, transitioning out of the military, depression, anxiety, just all sorts of you know, different things. And it's something that I feel very strongly about and I'm coming into my own and being able to share those things. And so I feel like I'm, I'm adequate at it in sharing those things uh, one-on-one. Um, not so good at it sharing um, using, I guess, the, the, the podcast platform. So I took some friends' advice and uh, last week was the first episode to uh, launch uh, a three-part series, maybe four, kind of depending on how things go and, and the type of feedback that we get, um, uh, really to share my my uh, journey. So last week was the first episode and talked about uh, my struggle and uh, ability to handle and live with um, obsessive compulsive disorder. Which I absolutely loved. Like being able to hear your story and actually understand like in in depth because I mean obviously we've talked about it before but I had no idea how time consuming it like it was and how much it did like dictate your life when we were in high school so yeah like I was obsessed with that the, with that <laughs> one so yeah so today uh so we're, we're breaking it down into three parts and I, I asked Erica to hop on and normally you know it's it's me and another individual interviewing but uh, this, this episode I feel like is going to hit home. Uh, so I asked Erica to hop on cause this, she lived through a lot of it with me and, in this next section of time that we're going to cover, uh, really is, is more of our story, I guess, to a certain extent and, uh, how she handled, helped me handle, uh, some of my demons. And so if you haven't yet go back, listen to that first episode, it's a musings of a madman journey. Part one, I think is what it is. You can find it on Spotify, you know, Apple podcasts, website, whatever. Um, but I would encourage you that because it kind of sets the pref or the, I guess it, it sets the tone for all of this. I don't know, however you want to say it. So the platform, the platform. Yeah. So that's what you're going with. You started with a P. So P, yeah. So we're going to do this a little different. I, I tried not to put too much thought into how I'm going to structure this episode necessarily. Um, just because it's, it, it's going to be very real talking. So I've got Erica with me really to help keep me on track a little bit. And then, um, you know, I, I know that I exaggerate sometimes. So, so help me keep on, keep me on track, but also, um, I've got like six journals that are like relatively filled out in front of me. And so I looked through them cause there was a couple key points that I could remember that I wanted to kind of see if I could find. And 
you know, there's, there's some memories and some stuff that I've dealt with in the past that are not awesome. <laughs> like, like they've eaten, they've consumed a lot of time that, um, I asked Erica to kind of sit down and, and kind of help if my OCD, my anxiety does flare up that she can kind of sit with me and we can talk through it too. And depending on how gnarly it does or does not get, um, I'm going to just let it keep recording. Um, just so that you understand that, you know, a, uh, you're not alone if you feel shit like this, but also the importance of having a loved one, uh, nearby, which leads me into the third episode, which will come out next week. And Eric will be on that with me as well. And we're going to talk about, um, the tools that we've had, the things that I've gone through, what she goes through too, potentially how comfortable she is and, uh, establishing kind of just the, the lines of communication that are required and the tools and the toolboxes that you can use to, to handle, whatever the fucking stuff that you're going on. So that being said, um, I'm going to just kind of start with, uh, the post high school stuff. Yeah. I'm just going to jump in really yeah. quick. And like, I'm going to apologize. Like I get super passionate about this and like this time in, a, in our relationship, like just getting through it and fig- trying to figure it out was super difficult and there was lots of emotions. So if you like hear me pause or like my voice cracked probably because I am getting a little emotional. Yeah. But that's just how I am because of what that sparks <clears throat> up, the memories it brings up. So just going to throw that, throw that out there. Just ignore it if you hear me like, <laughs> so totally normal. Yeah. So, and I'm going to try not to edit this. I mean, the last one, I don't think I, I think I did it twice and, and published the second time. And I don't think I look back only because like it's, it's nerve wracking. So, mm-hmm. okay. So I'm going to start with, um, the, the post college days is kind of when things really started to, to pick up in terms of a new form of anxiety. So I'm going to read just one thing out of, out of one of these journals because I think it's important. Um, and it, and it happens a little bit later on. Um, but, oh gosh, I got to find it. I probably even grabbed the wrong one. Yeah, I think I did. Okay, I might edit this out. We'll see. I was like, Andy, here oh, we go. Oh, shit. Edit. Yep, okay, hold on. I think it's this one. Yeah, there's six of them. Because I write, I wrote a lot. Because it was the only way that I knew how to get, like, my thoughts out without, mm-hmm. like, freaking out. All right, I found it. We're not going to edit it out because, you know what? That's just kind of how this episode's going to go. It's because you can hear me sniffling it, huh? That's the reason are, why. Are you getting emotional? Or are you, are you just like, okay. All right, you ready? I'm ready. Okay. This is not this is not groundbreaking for you, but this was a big deal. And I'm super bummed because I couldn't find the day that I wrote this out. Oh, I'm pulling the mic away. Okay. I couldn't find the day that I wrote this out for the first time because this is actually a reflection like, I don't know, five months, five months after the fact. Okay. So I really wish that like I could find the journal that it was in because I think I ripped it out and I might have given it to you because that was something that I did a lot throughout this time. I might have it. It yeah. just depends on what it is. Okay. So it would have been December 21st, 2018. This is the quote. So on December 21, 2018, at a clinical psychologist, tell me the first time I had OCD. I do have that. You do have that one? Mm-hmm. Okay, I want it back. And I'm going to just like put right it Like right now? No, no, no. Okay. So that was, that was a really groundbreaking day because if you listen to the first episode, um, I talked to counselors a lot growing up. And I don't recall ever seeing like a clinical, like somebody that had 
I guess a, a mat or a doctorate or whatever you want to call it. I don't know psychology terms other than um, you're normal. That's kind of fucked up, and you know you're not dead, so that's good. <laughs> um, but you know, I'd seen I'd seen counselors quite a bit on and off, and uh, you know that was a really that was a really big day for me to have uh, somebody that was trained in clinical psychology was like. You know, you do you do kind of have this thing, and I really wish like I'm doubting myself because I wish I had it in front of me. Because on that day, I remember writing it out, and I remember being at work. I can't remember if I got to work yet or if I wrote it while I was in my truck or what, but it was pretty fucked up. So, just to get it out there, December 21, 2018, was the day I had, I had a clinical therapist tell me that I had obsessive compulsive disorder, and. I'm going to backtrack from there just a little bit because I, I want to kind of let everybody know that that's, that's the frame of mind that, that I've been living in for quite some time now. So when I was uh, my super senior year of college, I had two senior years because I, uh, I think I failed one finance class. Like I think I got like a C in it or something because I took it online and finance sucks. But I mean, who really counts like senior years or whatever in college? I don't think that's a real thing because I don't know if, if that was the case, then I was like a super, 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 super senior because like I took a break, I came back and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so do we really even count those? No, no. probably not. Mm -hmm. Okay. So my, overthinking it. it's my super senior year. Again, um, overthinking it. Just overthinking. senior year. Okay. My senior year. There we go. My last year of college. I, uh, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. You know, I'd interned. And I'd really wanted to go do something active. I was paying a lot more attention. And I vaguely remember, you know, paying a lot more attention to fitness, being a lot more athletic, eating a lot better. Super sexy. Super sexy. And um, at that time, I was running our trap team at Boise State. So I was super into the shotguns, you know, competition shooting. My best friend at the or he was becoming my best friend at the time. I still hated him, Tucker. And, um, you know, he was a Marine and I, I don't remember exactly what sparked it other than like, you know, I needed like this overwhelming sense of, I need to go do something. I need to do something with my life. I need to be important. I don't, I feel like I need to go belong somewhere and kind of meet people and run away from all of these anxieties. Like, I know that that was something that I'm going to be so busy that, and people are going to be telling me what to do so much so that I'm not, I, I'll be able to break free of all this shit, you know? And, you know, that was, it was interesting because to me, like I spent a lot of time praying about it, like trying to convince, you know, myself that, that it was the right thing to do. I spent a lot of time asking, you know, God, if it was the right thing to do. And it always, like, I honestly don't think it ever felt right, to be totally honest. Um, as much as I wanted to convince myself it was something I wanted to do um, or whether or not it was the right thing to do. And so I spent six months, you know, I applied for uh, Marine Corps officer candidate school. So I spent six months working through like that whole process. So I filled out the application, you know, I had my dad go with me to the recruiter. We sat down, I did all the training stuff. The, the first time I'd ever done uh, like a high intensity workout was with the, the pulleys <laughs> I threw up because it's so fucking hard, yes. but it was a lot of fun, you know, and I, I felt really good about it. And I wanted to do it. I ended up going to like a two-day uh, intro to OCS thing down in Salt Lake. I don't remember the name of the, the base down there. And uh, did that. And I thought that it was just the coolest thing. You know, like I, I performed well. I felt like I had good, you know, athleticism. I wasn't dead after the runs and whatnot. You know, I was super excited. 
And, you know, I didn't lie on my application, right? Like, you know, they ask you, oh, have you ever had, you know, experiences with therapy or counseling or, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. I don't even remember, you know. And, you know, I was like, yeah, you know, sure. But might as well be honest, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so, you know, I was honest through all of it. And it fucked everything up. I mean, to be totally honest, because they ended up after six months, I got the rejection letter, I guess, saying in, in the way that the, the recruiter framed it up to me was like, it's not a no, but a, we need more information. And I was like, okay, like literally like I've given you everything. <laughs> like there's, I don't know what else to tell you. And I had graduated, you know? So it's like, okay, I don't know, like, do I wait another six months for, and work part-time jobs and I have bills coming up. Right. Or do I just say, you know what, maybe this isn't for me. And maybe this is a sign that I should just, I should just not hold on to this. And so, excuse me, I ended up talking to my dad and I can't remember. I think it was my dad and my, my mom and dad about it. And, you know, ended up being like, okay, like given, given how my brain thinks and how often I get stuck on things, you know, I don't want to be put in a position that puts other people's lives at risk. And I don't want to come back home even more fucked up, you know, basically. And so I ended up saying, okay, you know what? I'll, I'll accept the loss. Right. And I'll move on. And that sticks with me even today, because like, it feels like that's the one time that like, I, I kind of gave up, but I also, it's one of those things. It's like, did I really give up or did I just kind of say, okay, great. I'll do something. I'll do something different and still make an impact. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that you gave up. Like, that's not – of course, I can tell you over and over and over again, but mm-hmm. you're the one that's going to have to make that decision. Like, tell your brain, nah. Yeah. No, I did something better with my life. I I went this route instead of that route. Yeah. So, I, I, me seeing how far you've come in life, I wouldn't say that. But, again. Yeah. Well, it's just weird because, like, during that time, you know, after that happened – Oh, Brenna's going to steal the – Mike, um, I, uh, I felt, I want to say I felt very ashamed because like, I almost felt like a fraud to a certain extent where, you know, I was doing a lot of stuff and not a lot at the time, you know, like I started competing and doing more rifle stuff. And like, I always felt like it was a secret. Like, like it was like, Oh, don't tell anybody. Cause then you're a fucking, you're a dropout loser or like, like you're too psycho to even make it into the Marine Corps. No, <laughs> yeah. like honestly like coming from like law enforcement like everyone's fucking crazy yeah like every single person i deal like i deal with like normal civilians yeah like people in law enforcement people in the military like we're all fucking crazy at the end of the day like sure like when we when we're little kids and like we're the we're brand spanking new haven't had any trauma in our lives yeah that's the only time that we're even like remotely normal Mm mm-hmm but everyone's messed up. Yeah. Okay. Everyone is. So I wouldn't take it as like, oh, you failed or, oh, this is secret or anything. Yeah. Because there's, or like you're a fraud because there's a handful of people that you shoot with that are teachers, that are yeah, lawyers, that like have nothing to do with being super tactical. It's just <laughs> something they like. Yeah. And you and I like make fun of the people that are like uber tactical. We're just like, <laughs> dude, you're at a competition. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, it, that's not what it's there for. Yeah. Like, it's what you enjoy. Yeah. So, Roll everyone's crazy. <laughs> I'm fucking crazy. Yeah. You know that. Oh, yeah. Like, don't make yeah. it out to seem well, like you're a fraud. It's 
Okay. Well, it's funny because like when, when you and I first started dating, I still carried that with me. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember, but I, Mm -hmm. when, when you and I first started dating, um, okay. Maybe to preface my, my relationships prior to Eric and I were basically non-existent. I, I actively avoided relationships because I didn't, I, I was not comfortable with myself. I was not very good with feelings. I, if I kept you like Erica can attest to this because she yelled at me at least once where like, if I kept her around, like, like I didn't ask her to leave. Like that to me was like, that was how I showed affection. (laughs) Okay. We literally, I remember this one day we went to camel's back and he was being super weird because at this point, like we were, I think we were official, but you were being super standoffish. Like we walked all the way up to camel's back like, we sat up there. It was, like, super romantic. But he, like, sat, like, two feet away from me. Mm-hmm. Like, wasn't holding my hand. Was, like, being super weird. And I'm like, what the fuck, yeah. man? Well, it's it's crazy because, like, the way that I... The way that my mind would think about stuff like that was, you know, okay, we're here together. That's good enough for me. Right? I don't have, like, permission to touch you. You know, like, can I hold your hand? Do I want to hold your hand? If I hold your hand, what does this mean? Okay, we're dating. But, like... You know, I'm overthinking it to the point of it's analysis paralysis, right? Where mm-hmm. I'm sitting here like, what can I do that makes me comfortable that is acceptable? Well, nothing, right? If I just sit here and I don't ask you to leave, then I mean, it's like, it's literally like a quid pro quo where I just sit here and everything's fine. And if we're together, awesome. That's it. I'm kosher. And so, man, we totally got off track. Where did, where do we come from with that? I was talking about, oh, dating, talking about the Marine Corps and how uncomfortable I was, or how weird it was. So when you and I first started dating and I told you about the Marine Corps, um, I felt super shady about that because I was terrified that if I said, hey, listen, you know, I didn't make it into the Marine Corps because I, you know, I've had anxiety for the past 10 years that you're going to look at me and be like, "Ooh, ooh, this guy's got something weird, but you didn't. Mm-mm. You looked at it and you're like, okay, no big deal. And that was really, that was Really cool and really hard for me because, one, it didn't phase you. Mm-mm. And the second thing is that it didn't phase you, but it still bothers the fuck. It bothered the fuck out of me, you know. And so I'm going to fast forward because there's a, there's a lot of other rabbit holes that we can go down that I don't think may, may or may not be relevant. But um, when you and I started dating, um, kind of to, to continue on from that part, um, I actively avoided emotions right? They caused me so much anxiety. I didn't know how to handle them. I didn't know how to look at them, right? And so when I felt them, either I would shut down or they would fester. And the hard thing was, is it- Can we bring up when I told you that I loved you and like you literally had it fester for like- 20, 40 minutes and then you finally told me that you love me back? Well, I had to go to the bathroom first. Well, yeah, but- well, I was just like an example. Like I told you, I loved you. Yeah. And you're like, give me a kiss and like laid there. And I knew you were wide awake. It was like the most awkward thing, <laughs> but example of festering. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because like, while that is a good, an example of a good type of festering, the bulk of our relationship for 18 months was the bad kind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a good example where when I said I loved you, I had thought about it, which I know is not what you're supposed to tell your significant other, but 
when I said it, she knew that I meant it. Mm-hmm. At least I hope you did. Yeah. At least I hope you do now. Um, yes to both. Yes to both. Okay. Um, but when I said I love, you know, I had to think about it, right? I had to go through and I had to process, like, what does this mean? You know, like, I've never said this before. Do I really mean this? What does this actually mean? What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. You know, like, I had, like, this whole train of thought in that 20 minutes. It was, like, literally the world stopped, you know. I had to go take a leak. And then I come back. I'm like, okay, yeah, we'll say it. You know, like, I'm excited. I thought about it. I do love you. Yeah, yeah, right? (laughs) Okay, we're on the same page. Um, Which is funny because, like, like, you know, we can say that now. But I feel like if we were to talk about this same conversation a day after the fact, you would have been livid with me. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. If we, yeah. If we, like, rewinded and we weren't where we are now, yeah, I would not have been happy. Mm-hmm. And, like, you had to think about it. <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, but the bad things that festered, because I think that that's one, th- that's one thing that I kind of want to share is I feel like people's demons, they're, they're you know, like, I feel like the, the, God, Man, this is how this whole episode's going to be. It's not making maybe a whole lot of sense and we're going to be squirrely. But that's okay because that's kind of how all this goes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you're listening and you're experiencing something like this, like, you can <laughs> you can relate, you know? And if you've never experienced any type of anxiety or depression oh, or anything. Oh, you know somebody that has. Yeah. Like, welcome to the world. Mm-hmm. And this might help you a little bit, but th- this is, and the people that are experiencing it, like, fuck yeah. Like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, it just pops up out of nowhere and it won't leave. Yep. So, okay. So you're not alone. Not alone. Not at all. Not even remotely. So I don't want to get into specific examples because Eric and I talked about this a little bit beforehand. Um, so much as what my OCD would latch onto, um, how I felt and what I did during those times. And again, you know, this isn't a pity party. I'm not here to like solicit any sort of like, Ooh, poor fucker. You know, it's like what I'm trying to get out of this is to relate. And then next week and probably the week after is to share tools that we've got, excuse me. Um, so that you can learn from us. Yeah. What I took away from like your very first episode was just educating people about what Mm -hmm. it looks like. Cause no one really understands what OCD is except for like the dramatized version of washing your hands. Yeah, or, or like, like all the movies. Yeah, lining things up, which mm-hmm. I which I do, but that's more of a satisfying thing for me. Okay, yeah. but the horrible things, horrible things, the relationship stuff. So for me, again, emotions, not a happy thing, not a good thing at that time. Now, now I love them, and I talk about them all the time, probably to the point of annoying. Like I loved The Bachelor and Bachelorette because it's so good. It makes me feel better about my life. Um, and so let's say, okay, let's start from when we first started dating. So, um, I had a very hard time, um, processing love. We'll just start with love. Um, and I recall being so confused about what love was. And it's not because I didn't like, I hadn't seen it in my family or like my friends, like I'd, I'd grown up around it, you know, like I, like I said in the last episode, I grew up in a very healthy family, but I didn't know to me what it meant or, or how to, how to actually apply it. And I spent probably two weeks would be my guess sitting down and trying to, to define love with you. And I got so frustrated because like my definition of love was not yours 
which was not mine, which was then again, not anybody else's. Mm -hmm. And then I got so frustrated because I would sit there at the coffee shop after work and I would write and I would write and I would write trying to figure out like, okay, great. If, if this, then that, if I did this and said that, then this is what I meant. But then if she said this other thing and I interpreted it this way, then this other thing, and then God damn it, you know, and like, I'd get frustrated because none of it ever made sense. I don't know if you remember. Oh yeah. No, I I remember this. I like, I remember like having to like officially, like whenever we, whenever something, I hate using the word triggered, but whenever something like triggered one of one or both of us, we'd literally have to like have a conversation and like define what those meant to each other Mm -hmm. and then come to a like mutual understanding of like okay this is what we this is what we both mean when we say this because this is like I don't see this as what you think it is and you don't see it as what I think it is so we're going to make a new definition of what this word means because this is a real problem for the both of us and it's causing us issues mm-hmm. yeah I remember um oh man I just lost my train of thought I was, Love definitions. Yeah, well, it's funny because I was thinking about other things. So this is kind of how things go. This is actually another good example is that when we would start talking about something that was important or that she would share with me, there would be a word or something that would come up that would trigger an anxiety, mm-hmm. right? Whether for me it was either emotions, um, past relationships, something, you know, on both ends that, that scared the shit out of me, right? That drew up some sort of fear of not being good enough, right? Or shame. For me, shame was a big one. And it took a long time for me to learn that or kind of be told that is that that was what drove a lot of these kind of fears and insecurities that would latch onto some of these conversations that I couldn't get over, right? Where like if when I was defining love, for instance, it was, am I good enough for it? Well, does it fit in this box? If it doesn't fit in this box, how can I focus on it? And how can I, you know, make it usable? And you can't do that, right? Mm-hmm. That was a hard lesson learned. And I'm trying to think of the next kind of step in that because um, there was things that happened in our relationship that it was very interesting because nobody really did anything wrong. But the way that we grew up or the way that we understood life was much different. And so Eric and I, when we started talking about things. Um, I always thought that I was a tolerant person. Like I could see lives or like life through the eyes of others. And I was fucking wrong, (laughs) you know, like to be totally honest, because like I would sit down and be like, well, tell me, you know, this story, right. Tell me more about you. And well, she would explain it to me and I would, I would effectively take her story and make it my own, which is unacceptable. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I would project all of my own fears and like insecurities onto whatever it is that she would say. And that, that literally consumed every single thought. Mm -hmm. And I remember this for a while because like it ended up being like the hardest possible thing because I couldn't get past all of my own fears and kind of worries about relationship with you, defining love, um, the shame that I feel, the fear that I have in having a relationship, you know, not necessarily commitment. I don't think commitment was ever an issue so much as like being good enough, I guess. And, and I remember that there were various topics throughout our relationship that it would literally hit so hard 
Um, and again, like it was not because of anything anyone did. It was just like, I just didn't know my mind would latch onto things and it would break me down. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, one of our bigger problems was just understanding that how different we were and it was okay to be different. Oh my gosh. Like I count, I come from a very, very like poor family, like only females, like the first time Austin ever like met my family it was literally like me my mom my aunt my sister my cousin like nothing (laughs) all the chickens in a hen like all the hens in a yeah the The hen house yeah and just clucking away and just like we have no filter like we're so used to like just having a bunch of females around so just like we talk about sex we talk about like a bunch of just random things that like was completely foreign to Austin. <laughs> and so I just remember like we were sitting at the table and just like looking at his facial expression and I like kind of chuckled to myself because I'm like, oh boy, I wonder what he's thinking right now. Yeah. Like, cause this is completely foreign to him. Like that's not something that his family would have ever, would ever do was mm-hmm. like talk about like, oh yeah, like this thing looks like a coochie or something. <laughs> so it, it was just like understanding that we come from very different backgrounds and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that was really difficult. Um, yeah, I remember that cause that was on, um, Oh frick. It's what? like a Thanksgiving or it something. It was Thanksgiving. Yeah. And you guys were talking about having loose hoo-hahs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it was. Cause yeah, you, we were playing cards and your, your aunt had these, uh, little card holder things and they kept falling out and they're like, it's like a loose hoo-ha. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah cause it was- well that, I remember that stuck with me like bad too, because I was like, who the fuck talks about this on Thanksgiving? You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but so there's, I, I feel like that's maybe a couple examples. I don't know. Do you feel like that's enough examples to talk about how I thought about things and what, what went on? I think so. Yeah. I mean, uh, we talked about love. We talked about inappropriate comments that made you feel uncomfortable. And yep. just like, I think the differences between us really, really like made made you break honestly yeah I, I think that you being exposed to something that was completely different than your normal world was honestly what broke you mm-hmm. which i think is what needed to happen yeah because look who you are now when like you are like you've grown tenfold mm-hmm. from who you were back then to who you are now and you like now you invite random people that you meet into our house you like you let them feel like they're family. Like you are such an amazing, like understanding person, but it took time to get there. Yeah. 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 I think, um, to move forward in this story, um, I like, I like the summary of, uh, the differences between us being uncomfortable. Right. I think that that, that's, that's a really good segue into the rest of this. Mm -hmm. Um, and, love and then i am not uh, i was not a physical person like i I mean honestly holding your hand for a long time was tough Mm -hmm. i mean i just i just didn't really i didn't really care (laughs) you know well a lot of that stemmed from your ocd too because it came like with germs and like what did she touch and yeah like i even do that today still though mm -hmm. like that's that's such a good point because like i so when you worked at the jail like, I would not let you into bed without taking a shower. Like, I fucking hated it, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know how true that is. That might be an exaggeration. No, because at that point, 
I wasn't really working at the jail for very long before I, like, when we moved here. Oh, before here. we moved in. That's true. But, um, yeah, there's, I, there's sometimes where I don't even tell Austin, like, what I did that day because, like, he'll start overthinking it. Oh, I'm like, yeah. dude, it's no big deal. Like, I wore gloves. <laughs> I washed my hands. Yeah. I was like, it was just a little bit of vomit. It's no big deal. <laughs> None of it's on me. Which is why I could not be a cop. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. It would drive me nuts. But yeah, no, even today, like there's stuff is like when we were dating, like I, I it was like, cause you were a server for a while and it was like, Hey, well, all of these, you're, you're touching shit that people had their mouths on. What if they've got some fucking weird disease that you just touch and you're going to come touch my face and, and now I'm going to have like HIV, AIDS yeah. and all these weird oh things. Oh my God. And it literally like, I just, it was better off for me just to like, be like, Hey, we're, we're together in the same room. Please wash your hands. Yeah. And I, seriously, I know that like you even mentioned this a couple times where it took forever for you to even be able to come into my room. Like I wouldn't let you in my room because mm-hmm. well, we didn't live together at the time. Because I was like, like, this is my personal space. Like, yeah, this is my safe place. This I is where literally I literally can control how clean this room is. Mm-hmm. Like, like if, if anything, I can control where this room, how clean this room is. And even to that point, like I had points in that room that were not clean. Like, like I couldn't put, there was like against my wall in my old room, there were points in there that were dirty, right? Where it was like, Hey, that's where all my dirty clothes go. If any, if I even walk across that spot, like I can't touch anything else. Like I got to fucking change my shoe. Well, I didn't ever have to change my shoes, but it was like, that's the dirty spot. Yeah. Or like, and then here comes me fucking tornado. Yep. Throwing my clothes everywhere, like shoes everywhere. Like it literally like there, I ruined I ruined his room. Yeah. I'm, I would not be surprised if after I left, you full rocks wiped everything. There were times, I, I think. I don't know. I There's, yeah. I mean, even like if I were to go to the gym or whatever and come back, I mean, I'd have to Clorox wipe stuff. Like, well, you still do that. I'd still do that. Yeah. It's like even before we leave the gym, I'll, like, I'll steal your phone and Clorox wipe your phone because mm-hmm. it's just disgusting. So there was stuff like that, right, that I just like couldn't, I, I was not a fan of. And like I, there were points, I don't think I did it, in our old house but like there were there were times where like i had like slept weird on the bed because like like dirty clothes or gym clothes or something weird it was just weird shit that like i just could i was never comfortable like in like my own skin i mm-hmm. guess you could say or like i was always fearful of germs or whatever and like yeah i yeah there's just a lot of weird stuff but to talk about how i felt about those things and what i did um i think to to close out maybe this episode um because i think it's going to take some time and then next week we'll record and we'll talk about how i how you and i handled a lot of it and how i handled a lot of it so during all of this time um you know eric and i are dating um i'm having a lot of new things come up that i've never experienced right so a lot of new emotions um feelings for erica us moving in together proposing just a lot of different things that I've never experienced that, um, you know, I think, I think do deserve a little bit of pause, right? Just to make sure, Hey, is this the right thing that I'm doing? Whatever. But for me, those caused a lot of anxiety about kind of the self-worth, the cleanliness. Um, uh, am I good enough? Um, do I trust that was, that was a really hard one. Do I trust Erica? Um, how do I understand her in a way that, you know, makes me appreciate her? How do I appreciate myself and what I'm trying to do? Right. There's a lot of stuff that that happens. And throughout that time, the best way I can describe it is, 
um, I always wanted to say yes to all of those things that I'm good enough, whatever. But the best way I can describe it is I felt like I had a big black demon over my shoulder, which I've got in one of these notebooks I've got written out and, uh, or I've gotten it drawn out. And the best way like I can describe it is literally like a big black shadow kind of just hovering behind me. And anytime I felt like I was able to take a step forward, uh, you pull me back. And at one point, you know, I was talking to the doc and we were talking about it and I was kind of describing this to him and like, Hey, I can finally, I can finally identify like an entity, I guess you could say, you know, not that there were multiple voices, <laughs> but so much as like, Hey, listen, like I've made enough progress through be, throughout being able to talk about these things and identify it that I can put, I can, I can separate them in my head. Right. I can, I can sit down and I can say, you know, here's what I'm actually thinking, right? The yes, you know, I'm doing all these cool things, you know, this is who I am, this is what I'm good at. Sure, I'm not great, but then when, you know, these obsessive thoughts of floor's not clean, wash your hands, um, Erica's mad at you, or you're mad at Erica, or everything in the world is going to hell, and it's the only, th like, you know, I could start to separate those two. But during these times when I couldn't separate it, before that actually happened is, um, it was like finding a needle in the haystack, right? A needle, the needle being I'm good enough and the haystack being the demon where I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, break free and make sense of anything, which led to it consuming, uh, every ounce of my free time. So there would be times at work and, and I probably even shouldn't say this, but there'd be times at work where something would happen, right? Where I would slip for a second and I would lose that needle and I had to start sifting through the haystack but then the demon would take over. Right. And I could, I could no longer see, like, I literally, like, I couldn't think straight. I would lock up and I'd have to step out into a conference room. Right. And I would like seize, like, I would literally just like sit in the corner because it was like, I just like, this is the, this is the only thing I can do right now. And I can only focus on this one thing for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, because it's like, it's consuming everything that I've got. Every, every available resource in my noggin is going into like, you know, holding up the little ward or the little shield up to prevent it from like fucking, you know, blackout. And so there were times like that, that it would happen. And, you know, I would like curl up, you know, I'd be at home. Like I know that I have pictures on my phone still. Cause like there would be times where I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to take a picture of like this shitty situation. And you can see that I'm fucked up. Just like my face is not in a good spot or, um, you know, there were like, I'd do it. It'd be like late at night. I'd be shit face drunk talking to you because like, that was the only way that like I could fall asleep. It felt like, and I took, I've, I, you know, it was bad. I don't, I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling a little bit. No, like I'm just trying not to like interject. Yeah. I, Cause there's been plenty of things I wanted to say, but yeah. I don't, we'll go you're, for you're it. On a roll. No, you go for it. Um, I think that's, that's something that people should know is like that point where like you, you couldn't see like literally like you could not see you into the conference room that was like the like the worst two weeks i want to say yeah was when you finally got to that point yeah and that was when it was kind of like that breaking point where you knew you needed to do something more you needed like this was this was controlling your life yeah and it was at that point in time when you finally, like, took the next step forward. Yeah. 
And it wasn't always like that. It no. was it was a multitude of things that just kept piling on and piling on and piling on. And it finally, like, just broke you. Yeah. And it was horrible. Because, mm-hmm. like, I know during those, there was a, definitely a two-week period, right? I, yeah. I, it was that Christmas. It was just, it was leading up to the December 21st, 2018 is when the doc, I think it was leading up to that, wasn't it? Mm-mm. Or was it the year after? It was sometime it was, in April, close to April. Oh, it was? Yeah, because that was when we broke up. Oh. Because it was, you had yeah. that phase. That's right, because I stopped drinking. Okay, mm-hmm. so, yeah, so we had, well, I know that there was, during the winter, too, it was horrible. Because there, there was a period throughout winter where I was like, I don't think I was quite an alcoholic, but I drank a lot more than I normally did, mm-hmm. and a lot more than I should have. Um, but, but that wasn't when you broke down. No, it was. There was a couple times that because like that that there there was a period that um that like it would rear its ugly head. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that the time that I'm talking about was the when I, when I first started to be able to draw it out mm-hmm. in my head because like at one point I know that I'd like tried using Pinterest to find like anxiety pictures to share with you to kind of elaborate on what it was that like I felt like Mm -hmm. and this I think is during the initial time that that was happening because when I first started to describe it to you it felt like if you were to draw a stick figure right and then take a pen and just like fucking like scribble all over it that's what it initially felt like yeah and I know during that time that I think that was during the winter Mm-hmm. And then later on is when I started to really start to identify and separate them as like, there's myself and then there's the anxiety as an independent entity. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, because during that time, the winter time and during the April time I was drinking somebody said, okay, so that was the only edit. We had somebody stop by, uh, the house. So we had to, we had to pause briefly. Um, and a bathroom break for Austin. Yeah. I'm drinking my fake beers. Um, but yeah, so it was during that, that winter time, uh, when I really, I feel like that was probably, and I'm, I'm speculating without going through all my notebooks again, but I think that that's when I really started to identify that, you know, I had this own little monster inside my head and I hadn't quite separated them from, you know, my own self and from the, the little monster itself. And so during that time, right, I would break down pretty bad, um, you know, I would end up kind of locking up. Eric and I would argue. I would drink a lot, you know, a lot more than I normally did at that time because, you know, it felt like things were getting worse. I wasn't able, I wasn't in a spot that I could um, tackle and identify my issues, um, let alone live with them. So I was kind of just in this horrible state of existence at that time, um, all while seeing a, a counselor, um, I think two, two to maybe three times a week, kind of depending on how bad things were going all the through, you know, throughout this whole time, Erica was aware you know, that I was seeing a therapist. We were talking about stuff. I was doing my best to communicate, but never being successful at it. It felt like, um, it felt like every time I tried to say something, um, it was misinterpreted because either a, she didn't hear what I was saying. Um, she would hear something that I said that was very rude <laughs> because I was definitely a dick for a long time. And, um, you know, it took a long time to learn how to kind of share appropriate <laughs> what I was thinking appropriately, because, you know, when you have, um, intrusive thoughts, which I, I feel like is kind of a buzzword. So intrusive thoughts more or less are, 
um, thoughts of your own or thoughts that you have that are not necessarily your own. So, you know, you might be sitting there, you might be sitting somewhere and you'd be like, Oh, you know, I'm a piece of shit today. Or, Oh man, she cheated on me. And it's like, what the fuck? Like that never happened. None, neither of those things are true. Like mm-hmm. that is, that is so far from the truth that it's, it's like absurd almost, you know? And so that's kind of what obtrusive thoughts are, is that, is that there are things that pop up that badger at you so badly that you can't get away from them, right? And so that's what ended up my thoughts kind of, that's kind of the route that my thoughts would take, is they would be extremely intrusive to the point of not being able to tune them out, which is what led to the drinking, the arguing, the consistent therapy, stuff like that. And so... What Erica was talking about is it got to the point, um, you know, in that April, May time frame where we were arguing all the time. I was never getting away from my intrusive thoughts. I had slowly started to figure out that I could separate myself from them and have um, my own thoughts, which I could own and, and recognize as my own and be happy with. And then every now and then I would have these um, obsessive thoughts that were intrusive that basically told me everything in the world was fucked up like and i mean maybe maybe to share some of the things that i thought that i could never get rid of you know erica cheated on me i'm not good enough i'm performing terribly at my job i'm a fraud because i'm shooting long range and i'm not actually like this guy you know i oh fuck i don't even know i mean there that and if we start talking about the love thing again you know like what is love right? Love's not, love's not what you have right now, you know? And it's like, well, this is literally like, love is literally what I have right now because she's putting up with my shit, you know? But all of these types of thoughts were things that, um, consume my life. And again, and, and I, I feel like I probably haven't done a good enough job explaining like how much time this actually took because in the last episode, you know, I quantified an hour a day, mm-hmm. right? With a hand washing, right? Or whatever. And I don't even know how true that is, but we're going to, we're going to stick with that one. This, this was a lot more than an hour a day. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I, I think that these intrusive thoughts for a very long time, five hours, maybe, I don't even know because like there were like when we were together, I mean, there were happy times, but until I got it figured out, like it literally felt like this is all we did. Yeah. And I wouldn't say that until we finally figured it out. It would, took about like eight eight months for us to figure it out. It was more than that because it started about when we started dating. And yeah. Then, yeah, it was 18 months. It was a year and a half. It was a long time. No, it was a year. It was one year. It was one year because we broke up. All, no, fuck, you're right. It was eight months. God damn it. You're always right. What was that? You were right. Yeah. Did you say yeah, I was always right? Most of the time. You did. I have it on recording, so it's fine. Yeah, I can check. I can delete it. Um, okay, so yeah, it was eight months. You're right, because we broke up just before uh, our one year. Mm. April 27th. Is it, no, that's not when we broke up. We broke up on Cinco de Mayo because I got super drunk on Cinco de Mayo. Do you want to bet? Yeah, I got it written down. I have videos. No, you don't. I do. I don't want to see them. Okay, let's, let's not go. To, let's not go down the rabbit hole. Okay, so, but how long? How many hours a day do you think that 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 we obsessed over all of these things? Mm, that we obsessed? I. Gosh, I don't know. I don't know. I know that we we talked about it 
almost every single day. Yep. I want to say like an hour and a half, just you and I. Yeah. This isn't, this isn't just you. Yeah. I can't even imagine how much time it took on you. Yeah. Because us talking about it over and over and over again, like, I remember how frustrating that was. I'm like, <laughs> how in the fuck are we still talking about this? Yeah. Okay. So I don't know how many hours, honestly, because I thought about it every day. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know had, we talked about it almost every single day leading up to that, like the end of April. Yeah. So I'm honestly, I'm going to just say 24 seven because in some way, shape or form, it, it did influence what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it, you, you had bad dreams about it. I remember that yep. you, it was always on the back of your mind. Yeah. Or the very front. Mm-hmm. And there were times that I would go to the gym. I don't know if you knew this, but there'd be times that I would go to the gym and uh, I'd have to, I couldn't wear, I couldn't listen to music. I'd wear my shooting earplugs because I got the little, the little uh, ones that you boil and shaped your ear. Mm-hmm. I, I had so much going on in my head. that you just I just needed to silence? I, well, yeah. And even then it wasn't fucking quiet, mm-hmm. you know? Um, damn it. I was going to say something that was like, oh yeah. So the gym, so throughout all of that time, the gym for me was like my saving grace. Like shooting and going to the gym were ways that like I could zone out a little bit. And I learned this, which I'm going to share and I don't want to forget this. So don't let me forget. But the type of music that I listened to would actually determine how I was feeling. Like I was so, I was so overly burdened with like the anxiety and I was so sensitive to like the type of music that like there's even songs today that I won't listen to. Like Mm -hmm. it'll come on like shuffle and I'm like, I'm. Like, this spurs up, like, fucking bad, bad memories. I believe that. Because I, I, like, I'm so sensitive to music. Like, I will not listen to, like, Screamo because I get instantly pissed off. Yeah. Like, it just makes me super angry. Like, there's just some music I can't listen to because it, it controls my emotions. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but leading up to this point, uh, drinking I'd figured out, I think, um, no, no, not yet. So Eric and I broke up a week before Cinco de Mayo. And I'm going to say Cinco de Mayo because I want to say Cinco de Mayo. Okay. I'm going to cut this. And so we broke up for three days, right? It was two nights, three days. No, 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 it was three days because it was that Monday after work. We, I met you at the park and we talked and we got back together and... That was, I think, right after that, I think it was that next that next week, I went and got a prescription. I finally said, you know what? As much as I don't want to get a prescription, you know, my family had been advocating it for a while. You know, mm-hmm. they're like, you need to get pills. You need to give it a prescription, right? Like, this will help you so much, right? Which, okay, I'm going to be stubborn. That was not the answer for me. I did not want to hear that, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted to hear something else. I wanted to go through all of this, this shit, and figure out my own fucking, my own self. I was too proud to take a prescription when something was out of whack, you know? And so got a prescription, and uh, that's when things took a pretty good turn, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I think us breaking up, uh, I, I think, I think for me mentally, it helped separate the demon from you and I. And so I was able to kind of let the demon go a little bit and separate it from myself in our interaction, in our relationship. Well, it also helped like just understanding boundaries because we never talked about boundaries before. And that, that breakup 
like we weren't we were done being nice we were done beating beating around the bush we were just completely transparent and being like hey seriously you're being a real fucking bitch right now (laughs) you're not listening to what i'm saying yeah and like it that made it to where like we we learned how to communicate with each other at that point in time Mm -hmm. and how to be completely transparent and set boundaries like hey this is how this makes me feel i don't like it when i feel this way how can we fix it yeah and we'll talk all about those things because there's a lot there's a lot to that that we've learned Mm -hmm. um but for to close out this episode what what breaking up did in that moment and the prescription has done for me is one i had to humble myself to get a prescription Mm -hmm. right not wasn't a fan didn't want to do it really glad I do still take it today um but what that did for me then too is now and I don't know if this is necessarily like the catalyst for it or what but now it's it's easy to see um two different entities right I've got my anxiety which would be the demon and and I've got myself which is which is how I am my true self how I expect myself to be happy annoying whatever you want to say right but the way that I I look at it now Right. And I actually haven't done this in a while is, um, I've got, um, kind of, it's weird to say like, but like kind of two different things living inside my head, thinking of my head inside or as in terms of like an apartment. Right. Um, I've got my room, my anxiety's got his room and every now and then we just happen to run into each other, whether or not, you know, I'm going to the bathroom or the kitchen, right. Our paths cross and you kind of have to learn to live with it. Right. And when it comes and goes, you can't be mad at it because you fucking live together. So you got to learn to deal with it. And I think that unless you have anything, that's that's a good point to to leave off at Mm -hmm. for next week. No, I think that's great because that's exactly what what you deal with every day now is having to live with it. Sometimes you have a bad day. Sometimes you don't. And I think that just anyone that's listening that is struggling with either OCD or depression or anxiety. And that, that is your choice, whether or not like when you finally decide like, okay, it's time for me to take that medication. Cause I, I get it. Like I, I suffered or suffer depression. I've dealt with it ever since I was little and there's no rhyme or reason for it, but it took me forever to finally decide like, fuck, like, I can't keep doing this anymore. I can't, like, I'm not even myself right now. I need to go and, like, do this for myself so that I can continue going on and being the person that I know that I am. And it doesn't matter how many times your friends, your family, or your loved ones tell you, like, hey, like, this is going to help you. You're the one that makes that decision. Like, you're not weaker for it. You're not... You're, you're not lesser lesser for it but you're gonna feel so much better once you finally make that decision you have to make that decision on your own because anyone that tells you that you need medic medication you're not gonna listen to them because you're like no fuck you you don't know me <laughs> i got this yeah you don't got it but you're the one that has to decide that yep okay so we're gonna edit just a few things out mm-hmm. from this conversation nothing crazy but uh Stay tuned for next week. Uh, Eric and I are going to sit down again, and uh, we're going to talk about um, the tools that we've got and learned. 
Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily just uh, how I handle my obsessive compulsive disorder, because I have a few that are, I think, unique to me, but then also how we handle our relationship in general. Um, just because it's uh, it's been kind of interesting. We are not perfect, but we have, I feel like, learned quite a few things that I, I honestly, I enjoy sharing. Um, you know, just the things that we've learned because A, by sharing with others, you know, hopefully we help relationships, but also being open with others, we learn a lot too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really excited for next week because that that is when our relationship is like grew so much and I'm so excited to share that with other people so that maybe they can put those things in their toolbox. It's not, it's not necessarily anyone that has to deal like that struggles with OCD or depression or whatever. whatever. It's just things that can help your relationship in general Yeah, and can help you thrive. Yeah. And again, this, uh, this episode, um, I hope you all understand that, uh, these episodes are building a story. And if you can't tell, Eric and I's relationship is much better now because <laughs> <laughs> we're fucking married. Um, and so... Because I wouldn't let him go. Yeah, yeah. He stuck with me. That's true, which we can talk about next week mm-hmm. in, in kind of resiliency and, and not letting go. Um, but yeah, so this is just building the story for, um, you know, who I am into who we are and uh, the stories, anxieties, struggles, overcoming them just so that, again, as we start interacting with more people throughout the podcast you've got a good frame of reference for you know just more more of who we are and and what it is that i'm i'm getting at with the podcast so um but i i want to leave it on this note and, and just say that if any of you guys relate to anything that is being said or feel um emotionally attached in some way shape or form um or or would like to get help i mean I, i'm not an expert erica's not an expert well, she is probably now having to put up with my shit for three years now. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you guys need some guidance or whatever, you know, reach out to us. Um, we'd be more than happy to talk and, and point you in the right direction to get professional help if need be. Um, but, you know, honestly, one of the things that I know from experience is just by starting to talk to somebody, there there is almost an immediate sense of relief. So um, if you need somebody, reach out and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll help hopefully get you pointed in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else? No, that's it. Awesome. Well, you guys have a great weekend. Happy freaking Friday. And we'll catch you Monday. See ya.